Perfect. Temps are going to be in the 50s on Saturday morning along the Hudson River on the New Jersey side, which is where my next half marathon is supposed to take place. And it's described as fast and flat. Oh, that's my kind of race right there with scenic views. I don't want to miss it. You're directly across the Hudson River from Lower Manhattan. So it's the Freedom Tower and the Statue of Liberty is right there in the river. I don't want to miss it. But if it's pouring down rain and driving wind, I'll be shuffling along. It might take me six hours to finish the half marathon. You got to fight <laughs> for your right to party. To party. <laughs> That's going to be my week attempt on Saturday. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, I I may have to run in a windbreaker and a raincoat with old shoes. I can't not go. That goes against my personality. So I could also end up getting sick. So if I don't show up. I don't fear sudden death. (laughs) What are you saying, Mike Tomlin? (laughs) Hey. If these guys can go out on Sundays and sacrifice their bodies, well, then I can do it, too. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. <laughs> no, can't be fat and sassy and spoiled. But I'll bet you the field will thin out a whole lot. There's supposed to be 4,000 runners in this race uh, that I'm scheduled to run on Saturday. And if it's pouring down rain and the, rain, the winds excuse me, are gusting near 40 miles per hour, Oh, yeah, there will be a lot of people who stay home. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a rain check on that one. Ugh. All right, I'm going to be tough. Jay, I can be tough. I can be tough. I think so. You think I, I think can be tough? It. It's easy for you to say. You're going to be sleeping. I would be out cold. <laughs> and enjoying a nice rain sleep, probably. <laughs> oh, ouch. Rub it in. It'll be darker. So much oh, easier to sleep oh. when it's darker. No snooze. No. There's no alarm, just relaxing. All right. Good thing I brought it up with you. So very encouraging. I'll be there Thank in spirit, you. though. No, you won't. Your Maybe. spirit will be tormenting me. <laughs> I need some advice. Those of you who run distance and those of you who've done marathons, half marathons, how do you navigate wind and driving rain? All right. Sounds fun. If I don't show up here on Sunday, it's because, in fact, there was a sudden death or a sudden bout with a wicked cold. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Uh, We've got our Facebook page and Twitter, A-Law Radio, also our YouTube channel because we've got brand new video. The wedding edition of Ask Amy Anything will be up in mere days. Producer Jay. Producer Jay says he's sleeping through the weekend, but in fact, he has editing to do that will keep him up all hours of the day and night. So I think I'd rather run a half marathon, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. If you missed my conversation with Charles Davis, one of our favorites, our friend and NFL and CBS analyst, That was last hour, and we talked about everything under the sun. 
Okay, maybe not that much. We only had him for uh, 20 minutes. But we did talk about the six teams that he's seen so far, as well as a few other ancillary uh, subjects and topics like Dion, because why not? Everybody's talking about Dion, and that's not an exaggeration. It's funny because uh, we just got a tweet from Anthony. Can you talk about something else besides the NFL? Okay, like Deion Sanders, like the baseball playoffs, like Nick Saban in Alabama. Sure, I'd be happy to. Deion, though, is the the next question I feel like coming from people. Can you talk about something else besides Deion? I'm a monument. <laughs> not a moment. Not a moment. I mean, that's brilliant. I wish I had come up with that. I'm a monument, not a moment. Except that sounds very arrogant, so I don't think I could say it and keep a straight face. God, that was good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Producer Jay and I just went and got some extra caffeine, a little extra jolt of caffeine, because Wednesday was one heck of a day. Just, it it was a lot. So we are not responsible for anything goofy that comes out of my mouth. Okay, I'm responsible. Producer Jay's. Don't hold him accountable for anything goofy and everything goofy that comes out of my mouth. I should stick to the script. (laughs) The script. Who wants to write a script for me? That'd be awesome. Please. I don't know what it says. I'm just (laughs) rambling right now. Ouch. I don't know. Ouch. Thanks, Dan Campbell. Well, that's helpful. So helpful. Week three in the NFL starts tonight. You guys, it starts tonight. And it begins with a Thursday night game on Prime. I know you're excited. Try to contain your enthusiasm, please. Giants, Niners. In San Francisco on a short week when the Giants do not have Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones, how you feeling about not having your running mate, your backfield running mate for game, well, Thursday night game. Obviously, we'll, we'll miss him. He's a huge part of what we're, what we're doing. So uh, guys will have to step up, and, and it won't be, you know, any one guy. Uh, it'll be, you know, everyone elevating their, their play and, and stepping up, and uh, I'm confident we can do that. we got lots of guys who can step in and, and uh, do different things and, and, uh, and help out. Are you confident, though? I'm just I'm asking. Let's be fair. Daniel Jones' production is a lot better when Saquon Barkley is alongside in the backfield. Saquon deserves a ton of the credit for why Daniel Jones has this new contract. So it's not the same. It's about like the Cleveland Browns without Nick Chubb. It's not the same. Though it is good that Kareem Hunt is back in the fold. We'll get to that coming up here momentarily. Nick Bosa, he could make life miserable for Daniel Jones. How should the Niners defense attack? It's going to be pretty much opposite of what we just um, did with Stafford. Um, Definitely could hold it a little bit, and uh, we just have to keep him in the pocket. Uh, He's going to try and get out any chance he gets. So, um, yeah, just trying to close it in on him, be good in our rush lanes, and we could have a good day. Here's the other problem for the Giants, as if it wasn't bad enough to be without Saquon Barkley. They're also missing two of their starters along the offensive line. So that does not bode well for Daniel Jones. Stumbles down (laughs) at the 15. He could not get there. 
Oh, dear. I'm not telling you Matt Breida can't have a breakout game. Maybe it'll be the game of his life against the Niners defense. Maybe not. But to not have the two offensive linemen or to have your star running back, that's a that makes me nervous. Makes me nervous for Daniel Jones. Nick Bosa says, essentially what he was saying is that we don't necessarily have to be all up in his grill. We don't have to be rushing him and coming at him with the blitz or coming at him, you know, every snap. As long as we keep him in the pocket. Why? Well, because Daniel Jones can run. If he gets out on the edge, he can turn the corner pretty quickly. And I like how Nick says it's not the same with Matthew Stafford. No, Matt. Matthew Stafford's not going to run. Uh, it, and it's not so much that he's an older quarterback, though that's part of it. It's just that's not his game. I wouldn't say he has cinder blocks for feet. I reserve that for the Mannings. But, and and Tom Brady, too. Although he's very proud of the fact that he has over 1,000 rushing yards in his career. But Matthew Stafford's not going to take off and burn you. Daniel Jones can. You got to contain him. And so you don't necessarily want to be throwing every pass rush, every pass rusher at him. Instead, rely on your second level of the defense. Rely on your secondary. Make Daniel Jones beat you with his arm. I'm pretty sure that's what Nick Bosa is saying. Now, if you have an opportunity to get him, if you have an opportunity to penetrate the pocket and, and knock him over, affect his throws, well, then do it. But it's not as necessary. You can hurt the Giants and you can hurt Daniel Jones in other ways. Mentally, it's about to become a a battle of the wills, a battle of the minds. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Let's say if Kyle Shanahan says the same thing about facing Daniel Jones. It starts with his legs. I mean, anytime oh. you have that speed and boom, you can boom, run boom, the ball boom, like boom. he does, they're willing to run him. Um, he's willing to run. He's physical when he runs and he's got the skill set to run away from people so anytime you got a quarterback like that um, the challenge it does just schematically on on, unlocking your defense and making you have to play a certain way is always a a pain not optimal to have your quarterback flashing and dashing it's not a great long-term recipe for success we know this it's proven over time in the nfl however If you got to do it for one or two weeks, (laughs) well, then you do what you got to do. Daniel Jones is quick and he's smart and he'll take the opportunity. I just, I worry when quarterbacks do that against the Niners. Pain. (laughs) Because there could be pain inflicted. Much pain. So much pain. Week three. I say that, and I think, how do we get to week three already? Wowzers. But, yes, it begins in the Bay Area. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We'll, of course, do the after hours game of the week poll like we always do come Thursday night into Friday morning. But some of the games that are being highlighted include these 0-2 teams. Which 0-2 teams... Do you still have confidence in when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to just turning the ship around? Cincinnati Bengals would have to do it two years in a row 
And the question mark right now for the Bengals is Joe Burrow. Will he be able to go? They're going to keep it under wraps, of course. But you know, if they don't have Joe Burrow, the Bengals will be starting a quarterback that has never completed a pass in the NFL. That hurts. That could be both physically and mentally painful. Pain. (laughs) Yes. It could be that kind of pain for sure. Big picture, though. Except the problem is you go too big picture and you project this too far out. Hey, it's better to have Joe Burrow be completely healthy. I agree with all that in concept. But it's the AFC and it's the AFC North. And it is not easy to make up ground in that division, but certainly that conference, which is so competitive. Um, you don't want him to put himself in danger where he could get hurt more. But if it's just a matter of pain management and he wants to go, I actually have heard, maybe some of you have heard this as well, the word, <clears throat> are you ready? Achilles. Get tossed around. Now, Joe Burrow's much younger than Aaron Rodgers. Much. He's in year number three. But Rodgers also had a calf thing earlier in training camp. And there's talk that they got to be really careful with Joe because if you're dealing with a calf, it puts your Achilles potentially at further risk. I just, I couldn't play like that. Not a professional athlete, obviously. But if I was second guessing and hesitating, I would have a hard time doing the job at hand and doing it full tilt, doing it to the best of my ability if I was worried about injuries. I don't think these guys can play at the highest level and be concerned about injuries. Because that's when you get injured. When you're playing half speed and everybody else is playing full speed. That's not the way you want to do it either. So he can go. Well, then he'll go, and he's got to be locked in. At least they have until Monday. That's the good news. The Bengals are 0-2. Nine teams are 0-2. About one and a quarter of these teams. One and a quarter of these teams will make the playoffs. So, okay, fine, one. It annoys me with betting lines that it's eight and a half. Seven and a third or whatever else it is. It's not as funny when you talk about one and a quarter teams. It could be two. More than likely, it'll be one of the 0-2 teams that make the playoffs. We're asking you on Twitter and Facebook, some of you weighing in. Actually, a lot of you piling on the Bears. Which of the the 0-2 teams are sunk already? But which ones do you have faith in? Confidence that they can still make the playoffs. The Chiefs weren't that far away from falling into an 0-2 hole, but I don't know that too many people would be worried about them in an 0-2 hole. Like, I'm not sure that many people are worried about, say, the Chargers in an 0-2 hole. But their franchise tradition is so different. They're just a a mess, right? They come up with new ways to lose. So it's, it's not the same as the Chiefs. But it was a good week for the Chiefs because they got their first win on the road at Jacksonville, an AFC foe away from Arrowhead. And Patrick Mahomes got his contract extension. 
Do you remember going back to the, the summertime when all of these other contracts started dropping and the numbers, they're eye-popping, of course. And we kept pointing out to you that Mahomes was falling farther and farther down the list of highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL, except he's clearly the best quarterback in the NFL. Not that you're always paid commensurate with your talents or your abilities. Sometimes it is, in fact, the next contract up. But Mahomes did get this renegotiated deal, $210.6 million over the next four seasons. That's the highest total in the league over the next four seasons. And he's glad that this is in the rearview mirror finally. I'm in a great spot. Uh, I got a lot of great people around me. Um, very thankful to the Hunt family and the Chiefs organization. Um, and glad that now I can just go out there and play football. And so uh, you get that security, um, and I already had it, but just to get a, a little bump and then be able to go back out there and just play football, I'm excited for it. We've seen a lot of money get thrown at some of the young quarterbacks in the NFL over the last few months. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, most recently Joe Burrow. And don't ask the question of whether or not they're worth it. That's irrelevant. You're worth whatever your employer is willing to pay you. If your employer thinks that you should be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, well then guess what? That employer gets to write the checks, gets to make the commitment. And quarterbacks are a unique They're a unique breed. They're a unique position in sports. The leverage, when you've got a good quarterback, when you are a good quarterback, the leverage is all yours. And there's also this idea that you're supposed to leave the sport better than you found it. And you're supposed to leave your position better than you found it financially. And Patrick said he believed that It was partly on him to continue to raise the bar, if you will. Literally raise the bar when it comes to salaries. But also make sure that, and and I know, again, it's, it's a hard thing to wrap our brains around. For most of us, it's monopoly money. But this is how the NFLPA wants it. The Players Association wants the next guy to make more and the next guy to make more and the next guy to make more so that the players themselves continue to get more and more of a piece of the pie. So the owners can't hoard all the money. They have to pony up and pay these guys. It sets a precedent, and then it keeps the precedent going. And Patrick said, yeah, it's it's not as easy to know your value, but you have to look at at what else is happening around the league. It's hard. You have, to, you have to watch and see what's going around the what's going on around the league and and find that right spot. And I thought we found a good one in this this negotiation that we did that um, we'll be able to still keep cap space for other guys to get signed. Um, but uh, obviously, I got a little bit more money up front, um, and then we'll we'll kind of redo it and renegotiate whenever we get to that that mark that we talked about. So it's a it's a special place and a special relationship that I have with the the team to be able to trust them to be able to to even when I signed the last contract, know that this was going to happen and then probably going to happen again at some point. Yeah, the thing is, this play does the talking. The hardware does the talking, and, and I don't mean the personal MVPs. I mean the Super Bowls. He's worth his weight in gold to the Hunt family. And so he's got all the leverage in the world. 
Does he need to worry about it? No. Does he sound like it's a concern? Absolutely not. It was going to get done when it was going to get done. It's the same way that Joe Burrow handed his handled his business. No sign of stress. No indication that it was weighing on him at all. Eh, it'll get done when it's get when it gets done. <laughs> <laughs> and and even though, as we say, Patrick kept falling further and further down the list of highest paid quarterbacks in terms of average annual value. But the money is the money. That's what he says. It's awesome. It's amazing. That's not why he plays. And and there's that component too. If that's not why you do it. Now, it's easier to deal from a position of strength, right? If you're already a multimillionaire, well, then sure, it's easy to say it's not about the money. But there is an element of respect. There is an element of, hey, I'm the quarterback that's got the two MVPs that has led the team to a couple of different Super Bowls that has sparked this new era for Chiefs football where we've hosted five consecutive AFC championship games. So, yeah, it's awesome, and it's amazing, and the money is just the money. But, hey, if we're talking worth, I'm at least worth as much as what these other quarterbacks are getting. I mean, it's just it's so easy when it's Patrick Mahomes. Again, you have all the leverage in the world. And the Hunt family wants him happy, right? They don't want him to go anywhere. Are you kidding? They probably give him up to half the value of the Chiefs if that's what he has for <laughs> Just not controlling power when it comes to decision-making. So it's good. Yeah, it's good for him. He certainly still wants the team to have flexibility uh, so that they can continue to pursue free agents and pay the other guys on the roster. And and it's great that it's done now, too. Man, the money. Money, 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 money. Money. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Don't ever, ever bring that back, Producer Jay, here on CBS Sports Radio. That was beautiful. <laughs> You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Second and goal at the three. Hunt deep in the backfield. Cooper left. Peoples jumps right. Percent turns. Gives it to Hunt. He drives left side. Driving. Going in. Touchdown! Kareem Hunt! And they're right back in it. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Browns Radio, now Kareem Hunt was a major piece of the Browns' offensive game plan the last few years. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, best running back tandem in the NFL. Those words came out of my mouth more than once. And 24 hours ago, not only did I talk about it on the show, but I wrote a CBS Sports Minute about it. No-brainer. Don't overthink this. No need to get cute when it comes to reinforcing your running back room. Kareem Hunt is available. You don't have to give up any assets to get him other than the money. And he's familiar with the locker room, the plays, the coaches, the system. Not to mention he's a Cleveland guy and loves playing for the hometown team. He said that before. And now he's back. It didn't take long. I'm pleased that the Browns did not make this more complicated than it needed to be. It sucks to lose Nick. It really does. In order to try to fill that hole, fill that void, this is the best option. Along with Jerome Ford, of course, who will remain the starter. Yeah, Kareem and the Browns parted ways 
after Kareem asked for a trade last season. And, of course, it was over contract. wasn't about the team itself. This wasn't an Odell Beckham Jr. deal. This was he wanted a contract. He wanted more money. And we've had this, this conversation about running backs getting paid versus not getting paid, which ones do, which ones don't, why teams make the choices that they do when it comes to paying running backs. And I hate to say it, But the next time one of the rank-and-file running backs in the NFL asks for a contract or threatens to hold out, I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been done no favors with the injuries to Saquon Barkley, who's out this weekend, with the injury to Nick Chubb. J.K. Dobbins for the Baltimore Ravens doesn't last through the first week. And it's not fair, right? Life is not fair, so that's not really a word we use in sports. But Jonathan Taylor holding out, trying to get the team to give him more money, it just became a much tougher prospect considering that there have been three starting running backs in the NFL who've been lost to injuries. We don't think Saquon is season-ending. It's just a a normal, quote-unquote, ankle sprain. But still, two weeks, three running backs, gone. That doesn't help Jonathan Taylor's case. Anyway, back to Kareem. They get him for relatively cheap. The reports are saying something like $4 million, up to $4 million for the one year. But as you can imagine, after waiting, wondering, this is the best case scenario. I never fully, you know, closed the door or whatnot, but I didn't, I didn't think it was a big possibility. So, I mean... Things work out in situations for a reason. So, I mean, I guess it was just meant for me to come play for the hometown again. Along with Jerome Ford, there's no, no way that Nick Chubb's loss isn't felt every game the rest of the season. But I echo what Kareem has said, what other Browns have said. There's a lot of talent on this roster. We know that. Now, are they in sync? No, but they're the majority of the NFL is still working on finding that consistency, that rhythm, that groove. Browns are no different, and they do have a win already in the AFC North. So onward, as, as tough as it is, this is best-case scenario, and they still have a great opportunity in 23. The team's great. Love the defense. Love, love the offense that we have, and, you know, uh, I'm excited to see us, you know, put it all together and gel it together and, you know, keep working to get to the end goal. You look at his body of work with the Browns from 19 through last season. He's got nearly 3,000 total yards over that time span and 23 touchdowns, 16 on the ground, seven through the air. That doesn't include the playoffs in 20. He's been real productive. Now it helps when you have another guy who's drawing a lot of attention. Helps when you can keep them fresher during a game because they can spell one another. And right, and there's two that are carrying the load. So we'll see. Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, who will be the backup. How quickly can they maybe put together the same type of a system, a one-two punch, than what they had with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. 
All right, 0-2 teams. Doesn't include the Browns. How about that? But it does include the Bengals. Roquan Smith thinks that's funny. (laughs) 0-2 teams that could rally to make the playoffs. Who are they? And keep in mind, it's likely only one of them, but on Twitter, After Hours CBS, and then on our Facebook page, always good to connect with you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Standing up, and here he goes. Oh, beat him again. Up the middle, giving chase. Flag is out. Ball intercepted. Purse has it. Purse taken off. Second and 15. Going to launch it. Launch it. Wilson. And it's intercepted. That is Malik Hooker. He's not going to get beat on this one. Intercepted. And Diggs, and he falls at the feet of Michael Carter as Wilson has thrown his third pick of the game. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. The Jets are not 0-2, so they don't belong in the show question. However, they are facing an 0-2 team this week with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. And I'm not sure if you all remember what Zach Wilson and the Jets did against the Patriots last year, but he was benched soon after. It was brutal for the Jets and for Zach Wilson, not so much for the Patriots. So as we ask you the question of 0-2 teams and which one, which one and a quarter of the nine 0-2 teams will still make the playoffs, the Patriots, if they continue in this same vein, the same trajectory against Zach Wilson and the Jets, well, they could get off the schneid on Sunday. 14 consecutive losses to the New England Patriots because Bill Belichick makes it his personal goal every season to add to the misery of the New York Jets. Now, I'm sure he was not happy when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I w- that's not Belichick or really any coach that's that's asking for trouble. But I do believe the mad scientist that is Bill Belichick certainly recognizes that it's easier to game plan for Zach Wilson than it is for Aaron Rodgers. And so now it's up to Robert Sala to get his young quarterback ready so he's not... What was it? Oh, shoot. Who was it a couple years ago who was seeing ghosts? Was it Zach Wilson? Who was, no, it oh, wasn't. Sam. Sam oh, that's right. That was Sam. It was a different Jets quarterback. <laughs> seeing the ghosts. The top five pick. Yeah. Seeing ghosts. Because uh, Bill Belichick and his defense would be good for that. But, yeah, 14 consecutive losses to the Pats. We got to focus on the moment. I get what happened in the past, but looking in the past and dwelling on the past and what could have been is just taking away from what we can do now. And uh, what we can do now is prepare to be the best we can and focus on us and how we need to execute to, to be able to put our best foot forward on Sunday. And that's that's really where the focus has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot we of don't have time speak. for that. <laughs> we don't have time for your coach speak. Sauce Gardner, he's not worried. Uh, I mean, this is the Patriots. You might want to be. That rivalry goes back a ways. They don't really have a complex offense. You know, it's pretty pretty simple for, like, the quarterback to get. The gap scheme, everything is really, like, simple. But it's like they excel at it. What they try to do is get other people to mess up and make mistakes. And, you know, they, they just do everything right. That's true. Well, I mean, it's a little hyperbolic there. That is true, though. 
they, that's what the Patriots thrive on. Other people making mistakes. That is, that's Bill Belichick to a T. I really can't control that. I love that he calls it simple, but they excel at it. That's certainly not the narrative that's coming out of New England. They excel at it. Now, here's my recipe for success for the Pats. Don't let your opponent score two touchdowns before you do a do jack. How about don't spot your opponent 16 or 14 points and then have to climb out of a hole? That's not my job. Well, whose job is it? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I <laughs> just saw this post from Paul on our Facebook page, clearly coming out of New England. I'm already looking forward to the Bruins and Celtics, if that tells you anything. (laughs) (laughs) Don't. Okay. Which 0-2 teams are playoff bound? Maybe it's only one. Maybe it's more than one. Bob on Facebook. Vikings will make the playoffs. Skull. Do I do that right? I don't think so. I don't think I sound like a Viking. Skull. Second one was better. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. Oh, let's see. Mark says the Bengals can and should make the playoffs, but I feel the Chargers are sunk. They're done. Now, here's the thing. No team, not even Cincinnati, has ever started out 0-2 in back-to-back seasons and made the playoffs both times. Never happened before. The Bengals did it last year. Can they do it again? Mike says the Bengals, for sure, on Facebook. Ryan says New England to make the playoffs, but the Bears are sunk. They're not going over, especially now that there's an extra weekend. There's no team in the NFL that's going over. I would be more confident in a team running the table, which is nigh impossible, than a team going over. Just injuries, they are the great equalizer. Scott says the 0-2 teams that should look forward to the (laughs) offseason, they just got started. What are you talking about offseason next year? Cardinals, Bears, Panthers, Texans. The others are salvageable. Salvageable. That's savage. I think the Patriots are going to be right there in the mix in the AFC East. I do. Again, if you don't give the Eagles a 16-point head start and then a 14-point head start this past weekend, I, I don't think that you're looking at an 0-2 team. Now, what is shoulda, coulda? I got you. What if, sir, it's a stupid game? But I don't I don't think that's going to, well, it shouldn't be their modus operandi the rest of the way. Andy says the Bears are done as usual. <laughs> I think the Chargers still have a good chance because of Herbert. Justin Fields, why are the Bears done as usual? Could be, uh, you know, Coaching, <laughs> I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're that doing their mean. job when they're giving me, you know, what to look mean. at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that. When the game comes, I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So um, thinking less and, you know, playing more. Hmm. That was unfair of me. I did take that out of context. We should just have Justin Fields be the, the answer man, the yes man from now on. When I ask him anything about why this team screwed up or why that team... Uh, Coaching. Coaching. (laughs) Mike Tomlin wants the fans to be fat, sassy, and happy or fat, sassy, and satisfied. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. Spoiled, spoiled, spoiled. 
Well, that's not happening in Chicago. Let me just tell you right now. It's not happening in Chicago. Oh, let's see. Christopher on Facebook. The Bengals play the Rams, the Titans, the Cardinals, and Seahawks next. They could be four and two. Wow. Doesn't put much stock in the NFC West, apparently. Roland says the Vikings, they won games in 22. They should have lost, lost, excuse me. But this is why we play the game. Okay. Some wisdom right there. Thank you. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, I'm looking at the teams that are 0-2, and I would say at least half of them are surprises to me. The Vikings are a big surprise to me. The Chargers have lost both their games by a total of five points. I can't say it's a surprise because it is the Chargers. But I think they're better than what we've seen. Just the turnovers, right? We talk about, hmm, I'm going to have to look and see the turnover ratio, but I thought it was seven and one. Seven. I'm going to have to go back and look again. They lost to, I'll go back and look even as we're talking about it. They lost to the Titans by three in overtime. Oh, no, they didn't have any turnovers in the past game. That's my fault. Yeah, who was it that had a seven to seven to one ratio? And they were lamenting that fact. Was it Thursday night? It was last Thursday night, wasn't it? It was the Eagles. Who did the Eagles play last Thursday night? Vikings. It's the Vikings. Duh. Okay. We'll see. There you go. Vikings and Chargers. I'm glad we worked that out, Jay. Jason behind the <laughs> double pane glass gesturing wildly. So the Vikings have lost the turnover battle seven to one. That's why they're 0-2. That's not likely to continue. The Chargers have lost both their games by a total five points. I mean, even if you don't bet or gamble, those odds are not likely to continue. Like I said about the Patriots, I think they'll be right in the mix in the AFC East because it's very competitive. And I do really like their defense. I don't think the Bengals stay 0-2. Now the Texans, the Broncos, well... The Broncos, they've got bigger problems than their record, actually. How is it possible that there could already be friction between Sean Payton and his quarterback? And he's still talking about it. Does not love what he saw in the communication with the offense last week. Preseason was smooth, and then I think um, you know, week one was smooth. We probably had too, too much with some of these plays. And looking back on it, that's something we can correct on our end, you know, and and, and be quicker. Um, you know, there's that happy balance of, you know, getting it in fast, but then also getting it called to the line. And, uh, you know, I think I'm sure we were a little bit heavy relative to the length of some of the plays. Could you imagine, just for the sake of argument, if Russell Wilson had answered a question about the offense the same way that Justin Fields did. Uh, Coaching. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? It just dawned on me. (laughs) Um, Matt Eberflus actually responded to these comments that Justin uh, Justin Wilson, see, see, I'm already doing it. It's a celebrity marriage. Justin Fields made about coaching. So every week I sit down with Justin uh, on, on Monday. You know, we go through some plays, you know, uh, good plays, plays that we need to talk about. And then we just sit and have a conversation, you know, that that could last for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever that is, whatever we need uh, to make sure. But I know this, that he respects the partnership 
uh, between coaching, you know, and, and player. And we want his feedback. Um, you know, he wants our feedback. And that's how you get to honest conversations. And, um, you know, the meeting we had this week was good. You know, it was good. Um, he expresses, you know, you know, what he would like. You know, I express what he's doing well, you know, what he needs to work on. And that's always going to be the case. And uh, it was a good conversation. All right. So Matt Eberflus not publicly taking it personally. And Justin did blame the media for taking it out of context. And I mean, there's a good chance that he didn't mean it the way that it came across. But I'm just saying, could you imagine if someone asked Russell Wilson what the issues are with the offense? And his response was coaching. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I mean, Sean Payton might spontaneously combust. Number one headline, easily, for weeks. Yeah. Well... Uh, I, I think the NFC North is wide open. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings still end up winning that division, but we do like the Lions around here. All right. We'll talk to you tonight after football. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.